0: Head over to bombus.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Matt Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. Hope you're all. Thanks. And giving and doing so with only the members of your immediate household. Yep. Huzzah.
1: <laughs> yep. It'll just be the three of us. Well, I yeah. guess four if you count Bo. I
0: do count Bo. He's the only other person who will eat turkey.
1: Well, Henry will eat it.
0: Yeah, that's true. But and I said I'll, person. Henry's a baby. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Henry will eat it and then he'll go, bah bah, and want to give the rest of it to Bo.
0: Uh yes he will keep asking if he can put the throw the food on the floor he loves throwing food on the floor
1: he loves feeding Bo
0: um,
1: I mean it's kind of smart when you think about
0: it where is there it is I found it great job me I found Dory's email telling us what's going on with the uh,
1: like I feel like it's it's kind of smart on Henry's part
0: to throw food
1: to like give so much food to Bo because then Bo likes him
0: hmm that's true there are better ways to go about it you know you just be nice
1: well i think henry is actually really
0: responds to cheese so
1: yeah i think henry is pretty nice to him
0: yes i think as far as babies and dogs are concerned absolutely
1: but i think like the extra food that henry gives him does not hurt
0: um that's true you know uh, so Henry's door had this little, this crack underneath it, you know, cause at some point I'm guessing the house had carpeting, you know, you lose the carpeting all of a sudden you giant, space. your doors are too short, you have a giant space at your door. So a while ago I put in a, uh,
1: Bo, please do not do this. Put
0: like a mud flat. What, what's Bo doing everyone? Uh, he's called crawling into as many cables as he can. And now Dory's taking a microphone oh, off. No, I'm not going to do this. We are. Not in any shape to be podcasting weekly, everyone. <laughs> this is a disaster. Bo, Bo, I don't know why you're in
1: here. I'm going to put you in the house, Bo.
0: Crack the door and let him in and out if he wants. He's a wandering soul. Yeah. And then inevitably in 12 to 15 minutes when he starts right. barking maniacally at, I don't know, a leaf.
1: Go. Go. Come on. You Get don't have to here. tell him to
0: go. Just Now that he has the option.
1: Ay-yay.
0: Anyway, Henry had a sl- thing on his door, so I put a, what do you call it, a little flap gap thing, a gap stopper kind of thing, and he did not care for it.
1: It blocked all the light. It so, blocked
0: all the light, and I mean, my goal was to block the sound, because I didn't want him to yeah. be annoyed by us, or hear us and not want to go to sleep, but as we could tell by his positioning in his crib which is flat down head to the left looking towards that crack in the door he really he really kept up to date on what was happening in the house he really did via that crack
1: i i hadn't quite realized the extent to which he was doing that
0: well i noticed it i noticed that he always was looking there and always was like aware of it i knew he knew when people walked by yeah but when it was pitch black, he he was uh, not having it.
1: No, he was very upset.
0: He was maniacal in yeah. his in his crying. What else happened this week? So you? Oh yeah. So today I took a razor blade and gave him a little sliver of a crack. Yeah,
1: but last night you propped it up with like a spatula. I
0: put I shoved two <laughs> spatulas under the door. Which after I did that, he he stopped crying. He was chill.
1: Yeah, he just needs that little bit of light. So then
0: today I took a like a. Quarter inch off of it with a razor blade. Um, Solved that problem. Friday night, I was home early. We wrapped, we wrapped uh, shooting Goldberg's at uh, like lunch. So I stayed, I had free lunch at work, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, went home. And because I was home early, when we put Henry to bed, Dory and I were standing in the kitchen chit-chatting and he was crying and then I heard a little gurgle and I was like I think he just threw up and the door was like well go check (laughs) I was like okay because he was crying like a crazy baby and I opened the door and he had just vomited everything onto his bed yeah And I was so, uh, I was very, look, I was just, I had my ears out.
1: You did. It
0: was very, it was like your, you know, that dad sets people say they have. You had it. I had it. And I was like, this kid definitely puked. So we got, I picked him up. I got puke all over me. Mm We changed him. Dory uh, quickly uh, changed the sheets. And then we did a little repeat bath time. And uh well, we didn't give him another bath. No, we did a repeat bath time in of the I guess repeat bedtime. Yeah. We read him the same exact book. Yes. In new pajamas. Yes. And he was delighted. Yes. And then he went to bed.
1: Yes. Happily. That is true. That all happened.
0: Uh and then And then he
1: was fine.
0: Yeah, he was totally fine. Like he was happy. I mean, look, I think he was just crying because it's like, who wants to sleep in their own pieces of strawberries?
1: Of course, I, of course. I mean, he gets really upset when he pukes. Understandably,
0: doesn't happen that much. No, but it but happened recently. It's been like
1: yeah, it happened in the last week. He really another likes, time, he
0: likes to uh, really likes to move about in a rapid fashion, which mm. I think can't be good for his tummy. Like, especially like think about like eating a bunch and then having a fuck ton of milk.
1: Yeah, and he also likes to. Uh, Go upside down.
0: He likes to go upside down. He likes to pretend to fall. Yeah, he loves a good pratfall. Um, let's see what else happened this week. Just trying to catch everybody up.
1: Um, well, we are we ordered Thanksgiving from a local caterer who's doing like Thanksgiving meals because I didn't want Reden. Matt. I didn't want Matt to have to cook a whole turkey and do the whole thing and like.
0: I mean. I'm glad I don't have to do it. Um, I'll I'll probably miss it a little bit, and I I did like the idea of like being occupied. But I also it's such an undertaking. It really is, especially there's only three of us. Yeah, and and one
1: of us doesn't eat meat. Yeah, and one of us is a baby. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So again, it's Thanksgiving will be prepared elsewhere by someone else.
1: We could make a pie together.
0: I'd rather not make a pie. I'm not a sweets maker. You're the sweets maker.
1: Okay, maybe I'll make a pie on Thanksgiving. I'm more of the
0: savory guy.
1: Mm-hmm. But you, you know, like cake.
0: Cake's the best. I don't make it. That's true. I mean, I made once I made that toasty cake.
1: Which came out great. Yeah.
0: It's also like the most sugar I've ever seen go into anything in my life.
1: It was very sweet.
0: It was a great cake, though. It was a very good cake. I would have eaten the whole thing. Mm. Thank God we brought it to Kate's. Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: oh, gosh. Yeah, someone in my, one of my, like, local LA mom groups, there have been a few posts of, like, what's everyone doing for Thanksgiving? Because a lot of people are having Thanksgiving at their houses, like, for the first time, because people are used to going to family. And people are like, what, like, wait, what am I doing? Also, it's, like, only us, you know, three or four people.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And a lot of people are, like, ordering, in, like, getting, like, Whole Foods or whatever and someone was like oh this is like a a woman-owned catering company based here and she is doing thanksgiving and you can get it delivered and i was like great
0: Um, (laughs) one of my one of the guys on one of the crew guys uh is doing like a with his family like a little turkey burger cookout
1: Oh, that's cute.
0: Right? I was like, that's a nice change. That's a really cute thing. And also like much harder to fuck up if you're out there and you're thinking of like, what the hell am I going to do? There's only two or one person. Yes. Why not do a turkey burger with the fixings on the burger?
1: That's a really good idea, actually. I love that.
0: Um, Oh, we
1: do have to get you your cranberry sauce, though.
0: I'll need a can of cranberry. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to somehow figure out how to get that. Yeah. I'll have to hazmat up. Yeah. And then repel from a ceiling
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and then hopefully pay for it somehow. Yeah. Or I could like Postmate one can (laughs) of cranberry from something somewhere.
1: I'm sure stranger things have happened.
0: Uh, No doubt. Uh, So, yeah. And then if you're wondering what's like for me, we're off this week, but I'm testing on Wednesday and then I'm testing again on Sunday. And then obviously I'll test again on Monday when we go back to work.
1: You know, oh, here's the thing that happened this week. Mm -hmm. I took Henry to his first dentist appointment.
0: Oh. Yep. it's true. You did say that.
1: I did do that.
0: He came back with some Paw Patrol toothpaste. Yep.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure if I love this dentist, I'll be honest.
0: I don't know how, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? It's like. I know. He's a baby. I know. Whatever.
1: He said his teeth look good. Okay. Which I was like, great. Um. You and he,
0: gave him. You, he got you. Got the validation that you needed from. Him.
1: I did exactly, but that still didn't make me like. Be like, I love you, dentist. I was sort right. of like, hmm. Um, he brushed his teeth. Then he put fluoride on it, and then that was it. The whole appointment took like less than ten minutes.
0: I said twelve to fifteen minutes. It was less about. About eight minutes. Yeah. Do you hear Bo in the background, everybody?
1: <laughs> That's Bo. Um. And wait, there's something else I was going to say about the dentist. And now I forget.
0: You, you, you're not sure if you like them. You like his teeth. Thumbs yeah. up on the teeth work. Thumbs
1: up on the teeth
0: work. Paw Patrol. Oh,
1: now I remember. Fluoride. Um, no, when we were driving home, we drove past a couple of urgent cares. And there were lines like down the block to get COVID tests. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, everyone's getting COVID tests before they freaking like leave town.
0: Oh, for sure. Because
1: this is their, they think that this like makes it safe. Yeah. Um,
0: the people getting the COVID test so that they can then go party.
1: I was also thinking that like, this has oh. got to be such a boon for urgent cares. They've never been so busy with this COVID testing. Yeah,
0: but I will say the profit margin is not, on the tests is not huge. Really? No, it's like, I think the test costs, I mean, depending on where you go, the tests. because I know I'm friends with a doctor who has his own. Uh, he he does COVID. I mean, it's testing. almost a, uh, I guess it's a. It's a urgent care up in the valley, but uh, uh I think he pays sixty dollars for the tests, and he charges sixty four dollars.
1: Oh, he charges way too little. Everywhere else charges one hundred twenty five dollars.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be friends with a terrible doctor. No. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, when so this is... So, I
0: guess the profit margin is 100% on those. So yeah. So, great job.
1: Well, and I was also thinking, like, when this is all over, these urgent cares are going to just go back to normal. I hope they're saving their money.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... But, again, it's going to be a couple years Yeah. of this I know. sort of situation we're in.
1: But they say that the first doses of the vaccine are going to be in, like, mid-December.
0: Well, if I'm, if I'm confident in anything, it's our federal government... Currently being able to distribute effectively uh, vaccines on a large scale. Uh, so don't hold my breath. I just held my breath. I'm Me sorry, too. everybody. Um, it's going to, it'll be, I've thought of that too. I thought it like like we have on on our set, you know, there's two, like two or three, there's two COVID officers, yeah. safety officers uh we get tested every there's three we get three tests a week People, there's like a
1: whole covid industry
0: there is a covid industry it's it's very interesting it's yeah. like if you were you know like these places like real health like essentially places that would just send us you know they'd have we'd have our onset medic when we were on location they'd come from one of these companies. And now these companies have like almost permanent spots yeah. on the lot yeah, where they're testing. And this is like large-scale testing. I mean, production's like, you know, 150, 200 people. Yeah. And uh, the, a, an entire floor and a half of the parking garage is taken up by testing. Wow.
1: Because each show has their own like station.
0: Each no, there's like three vendors and shows use whichever vendor they want to oh, be using. Oh, oh, I see. You know? Uh so it it's it's interesting to see.
1: Well, it's also interesting to see like what you can actually accomplish with like money and competent people in charge.
0: Yes, and also what you can get done with the proper safety measures and equipment in place. Yeah.
1: Like if the public schools had the money and the logistical capacity of (laughs) film production, kids would be back in school.
0: Oh, for sure. If kids just, I mean, if it was down to just masks, socially distant once a week testing, It'd be no problem. Honestly. It's really interesting. Like the fact that we haven't had like an outbreak of anything. Yeah. Because uh, it works. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, we are pr- we're pretty close to each other sometimes. We have to be, you know, and we're not, we're, 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 if we're, if the actors are on set and they're not wearing a mask, we have to wear face shields. Mm. And that's for us. Mm-hmm. Like for their. Droplets not to get in our eyes. Right. Um. But otherwise it's it's pretty much just, you know, put a face mask on.
1: So actually the actors are at the highest risk yeah. because they're around each other with yes, no production. Correct.
0: Yeah. Um but with everybody else doing their part, right. It seems to work out.
1: It's funny how if everyone does their part.
0: Yeah. I hope hmm. you all do your parts. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. If you want to email the show, you can do so. DoryMatt at gmail.com or Dory at gmail.com. You can go ahead and find us on Facebook. There's a Facebook group there. Just search for Excellent Adventure. You'll find it. Uh, There's an offshoot. If you uh, have gotten pregnant with IVF or you're expecting uh, or you've had the baby, there's an offshoot group for that. Um,
1: It's called Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure Pregnancy and Children.
0: Yes. And uh, you can also telephone us, 413-461-BABY. Or if you feel like it, just record a voice memo you know, and email it on over.
1: I do want to say that Kate has started getting text messages on on the Google Voice number for Forever Thirty Five. You you can text the number too. Oh, okay. And I'm just saying, if you guys want to text us at four one three four six one baby, you oh. can do that too.
0: Oh, I thought she was like getting somehow getting it onto her own tel- her phone, like. Constant texts.
1: She might have it routed to her phone. I don't know how she has it set up, but I don't have it routed to my phone.
0: Nor do you know how to set it up. No, it's all. It's like have you it's, tried. To, have you sent a text, a test text?
1: There have been a few times that people have sent texts, like just to send texts to us, and and I've gotten them. Oh,
0: okay. There you go. It's another option for. I've view.
1: also gotten a a miss a, a wrong number text, where someone put me on a group chat with um. A, an HR team and security agents for some company. <laughs>
0: cool. You should have stayed on there.
1: I was like, all company meeting concluded. Crowd is breaking up. Nice. <laughs> I was like, for a security team, you put the wrong number on the text chain. <laughs> Look,
0: I Look, this all company first half of the show is concluded. All right. And We are breaking this podcast up until further notice, which should be in probably like a minute and a half. See you then. Be right back.
3: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs coming off their parents plan or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
0: Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombus just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks. Tease. And underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a, just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel. Thank you. All right, we're back. Bo has returned to the office. He has. Uh, His nose is cold. So who knows what he's been up to?
1: (laughs) Hunting. Um. All right. We are going to kick things off. Kick it. With a voice memo.
0: Okay. Um, Last week. That means I'll hit this button and then you'll play it when you want to. Last week
1: we had a listener write in who had a conundrum about extra embryos. Do you recall that? I do, of course. Okay, so Meredith responded. Here we go.
3: Hi, this is Meredith calling from Cleveland. Um, my husband is Alec that always calls Alec um, Meredith and Fletcher about bottle. Vegas. I do. I <laughs> am a long, long, long time listener, first time caller. You're the um, but I had to pause the pod. I think about doing this all the time, but like this time, I really had to do it. Um, I had to pause the pod. Um, I just listened to the caller. Or the email, um, the woman who is considering or considering the third embryo and what to do with it, because she thinks that she's done with her family. And I just have to say, I think about this on a constant basis. We have a two and a half year old science baby and a four month old um, girl, and um, when we started IVF, we had unexplained infertility um, so we kind of approached IVF the most, I think, altruistic way possible. Um, you know, let's do this as sort of quote unquote naturally as possible. We didn't genetic test. Um, and we said that we would always go back for the embryos in storage. Um, but fast forward to reality, um, our first cycle we had um, three embryos the first was a failed fresh transfer the second is our um, two and a half year old son Fletcher Um, the third was destroyed in one of the um, freezer malfunctions that everyone heard about on the news Um, which was obviously devastating Um, so and we didn't have any um, obviously they were all um, destroyed so we didn't have any other embryos um we had one of those miracle pregnancies right before we were about to start IVF again um where we got pregnant naturally um and uh, when we were finding finally allowing ourselves to be excited about it we thought this is perfect this is like gonna give us our um two kids and we don't have to go through IVF again and have to make that horrible decision of what to do with the extra embryos. Um, We ended up miscarrying that pregnancy um, on a family vacation to Europe. So we went ahead with the um, second round of IVF and um, we have our... Um, on our first frozen transfer, we got pregnant successfully with our um, four month old girl, Florence. And we have three embryos left and I don't want to leave them in there indefinitely. Um, but as we've all heard on the podcast, it sounds like donating to science is not really an option at the moment. Um, and I personally, could not imagine donating the embryos to someone else um, just because I feel like our babies would be out there somewhere. So I feel like I can't be pregnant again. I mean, I know I'm in the thick of it <laughs> with a four month old and a two and a half year old, but I feel like I can't be pregnant again. Um, and I just feel like we had two C sections. I feel like I can't have a third. Um, but I don't... I just feel like... I look at my daughter and I look at my son and I'm just like, what if we choose chose other embryos? What if the doctors chose other embryos? And these weren't our kids and they were actually in the freezer. And the other... You know, you just always wonder what those babies are going to be like. Um, so I... Um, just wanted to say that I really identify with the feelings of being so grateful that we have these two babies, um, but also constantly think of the three embryos. Um, just also, I mean, we have decent success with frozen transfers, so um, there's no guarantee that the three would be three additional kids, but it feels like we would... It feels like they do pretty well, so it's (laughs) scary to think about. If we went back for all three of them, would we have five kids? I can't have five kids. No. So um, I am not calling for advice. I am just saying that this concept consumes me, and I um, am here for it, (laughs) that emailer. And, um, would love to hear this is probably like, a like, I'm sure you're getting flooded by women and men who are calling in about this because it's the, like IVF is a, it's a beautiful solution, but then there's like a new problem that comes with it. So I'm sure a lot of people struggle with this, um, but this is um, the community that you guys have created. It's been so helpful that we can kind of air these um, feelings and thoughts. We are in three thousand square feet in Cleveland finally, finally. with my husband and two beautiful science babies.
0: Meaning we finally and get the information. A cat not like who dog. got a
3: little um, freewheeling with her bowel movements.
0: So she <laughs> now is
2: living in
3: the basement. Thank you guys for everything. You're awesome. Not sure what else what I would do without this podcast. Um that Aww. made even our IVF journey possible. Okay, thanks. Uh
0: that is very kind. Too kind even. Um also we have a we have a human baby who's kind of like that cat. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: did poop a lot today.
0: Yeah, he did. Um Yeah, I, it's it's a, to put me. I don't know if that I could even put myself in that headspace of like, what would I do if we had a bunch of healthy or he just tested normal embryos mm-hmm. lying around? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, especially when you think about Henry was on ice for a year and a half, two years, two years. I no wonder he's the size of a three year old. <laughs> um. But yeah, thank you for calling. Yeah,
1: I appreciate this voicemail.
0: I like a good voicemail that just wants to say their truth.
1: Yes. I also like a voice memo because the quality is really great. Voice
0: memos are the way to go, ladies and gentlemen. Yes.
1: All right. This next email is from Emma. Hello, Dory, Matt, Henry, and Bo. Thank you for all that you do. I'm a Forever 35 crossover listener, although I originally came to you through Dory's first book, which I read ages before I ever listened to anything y'all have produced. I can't wait for the new one as I'm a fellow proud late bloomer in every way. Why rush any of it when each life stage is so sweet as my husband would so wisely say we have time. I'm writing because I just received a negative result on my blood test after on, after on a might as well try it IUI mm-hmm. and we're gearing up to start IVF. I have a pretty complicated gynecological history with a couple of endometriosis and tubal issue surgeries the first when I was pretty young and still single. Signing all of the pre-op consent forms prepared me that infertility would probably be in my future, but that's obviously different than the reality of knowing it is time for IVF. Even though we've anticipated this was coming, we sort of dragged our feet for a few years on getting to the point of meeting with an RE. There are a number of reasons that boil down to we were and are having a great time and can't find it in ourselves to feel pressured, see also late blooming. It is not lost in me that I'm lucky to not feel super anxious or stressed and haven't been very emotional so far. I attribute this in part to being similar to Dory in that I like to emotionally prepare for the worst so I can be pre- pleasantly surprised rather than, I don't know, crushed when things don't pan out.
0: You do that? Yeah. I invented that. Wow. Like, you can't just come on to this podcast <laughs> and take my thing. Uh,
1: however, my darling husband will shout, be positive.
0: I do that too to you. Yep. To you. Mm -hmm. Not to myself.
1: No, to me. (laughs) Kind of like telling someone to calm down, isn't it? If I express my desire to manage my expectations. So I find myself faking positivity to him and then talking myself down from excitement in my head. I don't think my husband is wrong to believe in the power of positive thinking. And I do find myself feeling more hopeful about IVF since according to my RE, I'm a good candidate. I'm 35. Most of my issues are tubal. And so bypassing those should give us a better shot in theory. My question after that long-winded intro is this, how do I balance having a positive outlook without breaking my heart when things go south? After listening to y'all, I feel like I'm prepared that a lot can go wrong, and I want to balance that awareness with carrying the emotional weight of potential issues that might not pertain to me. Is there really a way to plan for the worst but hope for the best, or is this just what we tell ourselves we're doing, whether or not we're negatively or positively minded? Anyone out there have a successful endometriosis slash tubal issue IVF experience or a bad one? I
0: have to think that, yes.
1: I'm not really sure which itch I want to scratch. Not on Facebook, so I won't be checking in with your group as delightful as I'm sure the eggheads are. Thank you for your insight and my best to all the Shafriras. Love, Emma, 2,400-ish square feet in Dallas with one husband, one glass door between our offices, and one 25-pound, 7-year-old street dog who always wants to be in the office where she is not... And she attached a picture. I see the picture. Of her very cute doggy. That
0: is just like a shrunken down bowhead, yeah, <laughs>
1: Peering through the window.
0: Uh, you know, I have an answer for this. Are you ready? I hope you're all listening. I think the best way, when going through IVF, the best way to deal with what may or may not happen when you begin the process, is to have a plan for each scenario. That way, you're not disappointed and caught off guard. Mm. You have something, like when Dory and I did the Henry transfer, our plan was to try that, and that was sort of a Hail Mary at CFP, and then we would move on to a different infertility place, CCRM. So having that plan in place you can allow yourself to emotionally go through what you have to go through but intellectually you're already ready for the next thing you don't have to jump in your brain you let you've already done that so you get to you, you can feel whatever you need to feel and then you have the plan and also like the plan of like if this works okay then then what? And if this doesn't work, then what? What are my options? Having that, I think, ready, will allow someone like yourself who plans for the worst but hopes for the best to uh, get through it in a in a more sane manner.
1: I have to say, I think that is truly excellent advice.
0: That's what I'm here for. Sometimes.
1: I agree with everything Matt said. The only other thing I would add
0: Whoa. I, I thought I gave perfect advice. Now there's more. Well, just kidding. Of course,
1: your question was, "How do I balance having a positive outlook without breaking my heart when things go south?" I think you just have to come to terms with the fact that your heart might be broken.
0: Yes, and I think allow it to be broken. Yeah. By having that plan. Yes.
1: So. That's, that's all. That's all I would you add. have with your husband too. Yeah, be
0: for like, sure. Okay, so. I, this i definitely want this to work this, this is going to be great when it does let's pretend it doesn't let's talk about what we would do if that were the case let's have that plan and i would even include your re or your IVF doctor in that discussion
1: that's a really good idea it's almost like we've been dealing with infertility for like five years so weird
0: <sighs> all right i'm an infertile genius welcome to the apple store i'm an infertile genius
1: (laughs) this is from julia hi matt and dory thanks so much for your podcast i've been listening for a few years after hearing that on gilmore guys i feel like there could be a whole like subgroup of eggheads who found us through gilmore guys
0: Uh, i think there is i think it's probably like 20 percent of our audience
1: literally and i've so enjoyed learning more about the ivf process and hearing your banter all right. She has two questions. One, I know you've decided to keep third party opinions out of your decision <laughs> about a second child, which makes total sense. I was wondering if you have a timeline in your mind on when you would need to make the decision. Two, I'm so late to the party, but I just finished Start Up a Novel. Great job, Dory. It was such a fun read. I wanted more when it ended though. Any Everyone chance did. you will do a sequel or continue the character stories in another book? Hope you are both doing well and saying staying safe. Best Julia in about eight hundred square feet in Washington D.C. with a husband and a free non-science two-year-old. Oh, Bo tried to get on the chair, but it 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 moved. It swivels. and he I'll, got. I'll help him. He up. got very nervous about that. Um. Well, I'll respond to the startup question first. Um. First of all, thank you. That's really kind of you to say, and very validating when someone not only like loves your book, but also like wants to be in the world more. That's just really, that's as an author. That's really nice to hear. You know, I have, you're not the first person to ask this. I have thought about this. Um, I think what happened was after startup came out, we were really in the thick of IVF stuff and it was just really hard for me to like wrap my head around the idea of writing another novel. And then I got pregnant and I had Henry and then I sold a memoir. (laughs) And so that's been kind of occupying me for the last couple, like year and a half. Um, But, you know, I think after this book is done, I mean, anything could happen. I could decide never to write a book again. I could decide to write another novel. I could, uh, I don't know.
0: Uh, that was the thing about your novel, though it was it was page turner deliberately. Yes. So you when even at the end it was a page turner. Yes. Where you're like, oh wait, yeah, I turned the page.
1: And actually, in my memoir, I talk a little bit about how I kind of taught myself to write a page turner.
0: <laughs> you would have done a great job of writing um, Star Trek Picard.
1: Oh. Thank you.
0: You would have been bad at television, uh-huh. but great at writing Star Trek Picard. Oh,
1: thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. That's such a non-compliment.
0: Uh, no, it is, because Michael Chabon's a brilliant writer.
1: Oh, I see. I see.
0: And he was the showrunner of Picard. Right. And but every, he... every episode ended like it was a chapter.
1: Mm. But he's also a lifelong sci-fi and Star Trek fan. Is he? <laughs> yeah he is I, I've i been I, mean, I, no, I, I profiled know. him I and I, I went to his his home office is like lined with old sci-fi books like he's yeah. he's always been very into sci-fi look and this was way before he you know Star Trek sure was yeah. on the horizon yeah um all right first question do we have a timeline in our minds on when we would need to make the decision
0: uh before Henry gets to kindergarten Because that's too late to space children. Thank you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would like to make the decision before that because I'll be way too old by the time Henry goes to kindergarten.
0: Doesn't mean we can't make it happen. Okay. I don't know if you watch television, but there's always success stories of (laughs) moms carrying daughters' babies. What? What? (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Let's take another break.
0: Okay, I'll be right back. All right.
3: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Okay, we're back. We are back. Yes.
1: All right, we're going to kick off this little—
0: Update. Bo lo- did not care for the Eames chair. No. He tried to get him on it, and he got on it and did a full uh, 180. Return. Like turn? He 180 and just step back out.
1: I think it's like it's like too scary for him. I,
0: I, I put it in the corner. I showed him how it moves. He seemed he like he got on.
1: Yeah, but I think the fact that it moves is like too mm. scary for him. All right, we are going to hear voicemail.
0: Let's.
4: Hi, Matt, Dory, Bo, and Henry. Um, long time listener, first time caller. Like long time listener. I think I started listening my. Senior year of college in 2017 oh while I was God. working on my thesis. Um, I was a painting major, so I had a lot of time to listen to podcasts. Um, I'm calling with, is it unsolicited advice? Maybe. Dory, recently on Instagram you did uh, Ask Me Anything, which I love. I love <laughs> uh, parenting, Ask Me Anything. I'm a nanny, I, I kind of marinate in all things kid um and i loved getting to see um a little bit of insight into what your parenting looks like with henry uh someone asked about the pickler uh that henry has and asked if he took to it right away uh, and you said why yes he did take to it right away <laughs> um and that you would give this person and their child like another month give it another month and um, and if the child still isn't interested in it Sell it on Facebook Marketplace, but I have a completely um, different thought. Um, don't sell it on Facebook Marketplace after a month, and also don't wait another month. Um, put it away instead for like a month or three. If you have a child who isn't interested in something that's totally developmentally like appropriate for them to be interested. Um, and instead of getting rid of it, take it away and give them time to breathe. And before you bring it out again, maybe like a week before, show them a video of kids using the pickler. Like, I think there are ones in Dory's highlights of Henry using the pickler. Um, so show your child that and then bring it out and then see what happens. And then if there's no interest, proceed from there. I think this is really relevant Uh, advice for me in life right now, especially during the pandemic with things that seem appropriate to me that I have no interest in in, and just put it away for a little bit Mm -hmm. and uh, come back to it, see how it is. Um, And this is really effective with toddlers too. Um, uh, My name's Alex. I use they them pronouns. I live in Portland, Maine uh, in a house that I don't know the square footage of, but my room is very small uh, with three roommates and uh, one cat. I love
0: y'all so much. Bye. Uh, thank you.
4: That's great advice.
0: Look, they make an interesting point in the sense of like, uh, you can, you can all of a sudden it's like a whole new thing. Totally. Months later.
1: Totally. And I should have thought of that. Cause that is like a, that is like a known well, strategy.
0: Let me just side, sidestep the acknowledgement of the, the great advice given and come at it from a different angle. I'm all yours. I mean, who has the space to keep an unused Pickler triangle <laughs> around?
1: <laughs> well, a lot. Of, I mean, ours folds. It does,
0: but it's enormous. It
1: is big. It is big.
0: That's uh, a, that's a fair yes, point. I think that is uh, that is wise. Yeah. For instance, like when we had Henry's uh, Henry's uh, uh, infant toys out the other day. Yes.
1: He was all about them. He
0: was like, "This, this is my shit."
1: <laughs> and it was like rattles and yeah, things. <laughs> chewable broccoli, like this foam broccoli thing. We'd put them. Holly, I'd asked Holly to go through his toys and like bag up the you know the stuff that he's kind of outgrown, and so she had but they, but they were out in a bag, and he started going through them, and he was like, "Oh, these toys are yeah. amazing. They're so much better than all other toys." <laughs> Finally, I'm old enough for these. (laughs) That was really funny. (laughs) Um, Thank you, Alex. Thank you for calling in.
0: That's just a little example of what can happen when you don't, I mean, not around these toys for a couple of months.
1: That's true. That's true. All right. This next email is from Shannon. Uh, Why don't you read this one?
0: Okay. Uh, Where'd it go? I think you
1: scrolled past it. Where'd it go? Down, down,
0: down. Oh, sure. There. Uh, Hi, Matt and Dory. I've been listening since the very beginning of the podcast. Came over from Nerdist. And while I'm not thinking about having any children anytime soon, I've enjoyed listening to every week and learning about different people's excellent adventures. As a listener on the sidelines, I haven't had any reason to write into the pod until now. And I'm mostly, I'm only mostly embarrassed that this is why I'm writing in. There was recently talk of the phenomenon of having explosive <laughs> diarrhea from the smell, uh, from a smell. And I immediately thought of uh, the Mariko Aoki phenomenon, which is having to poop when you're in a bookstore. As wild as this sounds, this has happened to me on more than a few occasions. Not explosive uh, uh, diarrhea, just a regular poop. I don't quite understand it, but I guess being surrounded by words really gets my insides going. Who knows? I've included a wiki link uh, and explanation below. Love the pod. Shannon, 855 square feet in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. Just her and a lot of books. Wow. She's going to be on a regular move then.
1: (laughs) She's very regular.
0: The Mariko Aoki phenomenon is the Japanese expression referring to the urge to defecate that is suddenly felt (laughs) after entering a bookstore. So it's like, you know, the Germans have a word for schadenfreude (laughs) and the Japanese have a word for having shit when you go into a bookstore. Uh, The phenomenon name derives from the name of a woman who mentioned the phenomenon in a magazine article in 1985. According to Japanese social psychologist Shozo Shibuya, the specific cause that triggers a defecation urge of bookstores is not yet clearly understood as of 2014. There are also some who are skeptical about whether such a particular phenomenon really exists at all. And it is sometimes discussed as a type of an urban myth. Wow. But this, ha- like someone wrote in last week about this happening in bookstores, used, used bookstore, book and record stores, correct? Yes. Hmm. We have got to get to the bottom of this <laughs> poop ring.
1: I mean, the fact that, that, is a, that it is a phenomenon. Yes. Is fascinating.
0: I, I I mean, look. I, I also, like, how I'd love to be Mariki Aoki. Okay, and, and have it this says phenomenon named she
1: wrote yourself. an essay in a book magazine in Japan, and she related how she came to the realization that for some years, walking around a bookstore inevitably made her want to go to the restroom. And the editors of the magazine received reports of other readers who had similar experiences and named it the Mariko Aoki phenomenon. <laughs> Oh, the association with reading on the toilet at home. They say could be a, like that's a hypothesis of why that happens. Interesting,
0: interesting. Wow. This was not a Mythbusters, they didn't do Mythbusters on this.
1: There should be a Mythbusters. <laughs> wow, this is, oh wait, there were television programs, well only in Japan that tried to verify the phenomenon. This is fascinating.
0: A consensus of opinion has yet to be reached. The author, uh, Junichiro Yemi, has commented that at first glance, there appears to be no common thread in a manner akin to the hypothetical concept of the flap of a butterfly's wing in Brazil setting off a tornado in Texas. To date, there has been little attempt to scientifically validate the phenomenon, such as the state of observation currently does not extend much beyond experts and thinkers asserting their own theories among each other. Theories that are based in subjective judgment. So here's what I'd like. Anyone out there who might be uh, trying to get a doctorate. (laughs) I smell a
1: thesis. (laughs) It's pretty stinky thesis. Uh,
0: So that's very interesting. That is a good email if I ever saw or heard one.
2: Yeah. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much, Shannon. All right. We've reached the Bake Off portion of the podcast. This is from Leah. Hi, Dory Matt. What a week. What a week. Hi, Dory Matt, Henry, and Bo. I just watched the most recent episode of Bake Off and need to vent. Are you fucking kidding me? I cannot believe who's kicked off and who made it to the final. I've rarely been so mad at Paul and Prue. Uh, Anyway, on to my real question. This is also the darts portion of the podcast. Oh,
0: this is my favorite portion. Your talk
1: of the dartboard has intrigued me. I'm thinking of getting my husband one for Christmas as it's something we can do for an at-home pandemic date night. Since Matt has bought all of the accessories, (laughs) which ones are essential? Also, do you guys have any other ideas for things like this we can do together that I could gift him? We have three small children who we are both at home with all day, every day, and my husband is working from home. I'm hoping to find fun things we can do together after bedtime or on the weekends. Thanks, Leah. She's in a 2,000-square-foot home and a 400-square-foot sunroom in Simi Valley. and She has approximately two hot dogs a year and whatever corn dogs my kids don't finish eating at lunchtime.
0: Uh, so, Leah, yeah, let's talk about dartboards, finally. I've done the research. I've discovered the best dartboard easily available to us here in the States is the Winmao Blade 5 Dual Core. Okay. Now, what's a, what's a Blade 5? Well, let me tell you. No staples. Very thin border between scoring zones, mm. which means reduced bounce outs. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh it's what all the tournaments are using. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, not the Winmau. I think the 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 PDC. <laughs> okay. Is uh their unicorn branded. Which I can't find out here. Unicorn Dart come anyway, very similar material, and I would say that you'll need that a, a good board, a surround for the board to protect the wall. I have the Viper Defender. Um, I, I, the you can play with the regular lighting in your house, no problem. I recently got a got a light, a LED light that surrounds the board entirely. Um, the other thing I would say is a good, a decent set of darts. Now you can start with brass, but if you get something like 80% tungsten, tungsten, what that means is, uh, you know, it's denser than brass, so you can have a thinner dart that weighs the same. And what does that mean? Well, it means it leaves you more room in the scoring area to throw other darts in it. That's right. Here's some Dart YouTube channels I would recommend. (laughs) Edgar TV. uh, World rank 64. uh, Matthew Edgar. He's three years younger than me. And he uh, has a YouTube channel. And uh, it's pretty enjoyable. Uh, Another Dart channel I like is called uh, Dart Class. Which is this. New dad in his basement, teaching you darts and checking out different equipment and stuff like that. Um, those two channels will get you pretty set. <sighs> Thanks, everybody. It was a good dark corner.
1: Well, we have more in the dark corner.
0: I can't believe it. This is exciting news.
1: This is from Emily. Hi, Matt and Dory. I didn't get a chance to. <clears throat> I didn't get a chance to write in last week, but after hearing that no one else did, I figured that I must darts. Yeah. A bunch of my friends and I are in a gay darts league here in D.C. Well, we were in pre-COVID times. Uh Yes, that is a random thing, but it's actually incredibly popular. You don't have to read this part. We're going to. But I thought Matt might want to know how the league is set up. Each team has two to six players. Teams alternate turns and players within each team rotate each turn. We work with a bar setting up about six dartboards. The league brings their own boards and mats. Mm-hmm. Each team plays one game per week and games last thirty five minutes with specific rules regarding ties if time runs out. Ah. I've never heard of the game you guys play, but we play cricket.
0: That's so funny because when you watch these UK YouTube channels and they talk about cricket, they're like, This is a very popular game in the U- in the US, but rarely does anyone play it in the UK.
1: Oh, that's so funny. Cricket is what you see on boards and bars with numbers 15 to 20 and plus B down a line in the middle and two columns on each side in each. Oh, that is on, that's on the, that was on the dartboard.
0: There's always usually a cricket scoring board
1: in each column closest to the center. You mark if slash when you hit and or close out one of those numbers To close out, you have to hit the number three times and you typically see a circled X indicating that it's closed. If you close out a number before your opponent, you can continue to hit that number to gain points and mark how many times you hit that number or the points accumulated in the outside columns. Each time you hit a number that you closed and your opponent has not, you get the number of points that you hit. There are lots of apps that you can download to keep track of of scoring for you. Darts gear. I'm not as obsessive as others. I have some nice-ish darts that I like to use, and my wife and I got a board during shutdown that we have yet to use, but I have several friends who have fancy gear, and I've gotten a lot more since shutdown. My friends recommend getting a floor mat. It provides some
0: cushioning. I've seen them. I've seen the dart mats.
1: Plus the line on the floor, plus prevents darts that fall out of the board from messing up your floor.
0: That's the Aki, honey. Mm.
1: If O-C-H-E
0: the dart hockey okay
1: if you have an issue with flights falling off one of my friends got this fancy hole punch thing that keeps helps keep your flight attached
0: girl i got a hole punch i got a flight punch where is it somewhere finally i have various shafts over here i would
1: recommend getting a sharpener helps a lot if your darts are getting a lot of use
0: i got it i got a sharpener also
1: other darts-related things we discuss: stance, big debate about toe- yes. toes pointing forward versus perpendicular to the wall.
0: Forward ninety degree or forty-five degree. You look at the the you know a lot of the top-rated players in the world, like right now, MBG Matt Van Gerwen. Uh-huh. Uh He's a, he's a forty-five degreer.
1: Wow. Uh, pre-throw routine height slash wingspan advantages and follow through technique. Mm-hmm. I think that's all I have, but to provide you some laughs, here's a link to a funny story about a darts championship where farting interfered with a darts competition.
0: Uh, that I believe, I think I watched a YouTube video about this is Gary Anderson. If I remember correctly,
1: best of luck with darts, Emily in Washington, DC with a wife, almost two year old boy and border Collie, Mexico, yep, Gary Anderson, <laughs> 1900 square feet. I think I've had two to three hot dogs in the past year.
0: Um, Matthew Edgar was uh, talking about how he he had he farted at a competition recently and what they do is they at the you know the earlier matches it's a bunch of div- divided think of like cubicles almost okay uh, with a board at each one where two players are playing each other and there's a referee there and they have like six of them down the row and on the other side there's another six
2: Mm. And he said
0: that he farted and it was so bad that he cleared up like four, four boards. <laughs> what? It's funny. Uh, the British press swooned over the colonic controversy, calling it Fartgate.
1: <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny.
0: That's so funny. Wesley Harms and Gary Anderson at the Grand Slam of darts. That's so funny that I knew about that. Boy, I really do obsess with them. Learn everything I can.
1: Um, all right.
0: All right. What do we got here? What's next?
1: We have um, an email from Helen. Hi, Matt, Dory, Henry, and Bo. The British enjoy a pub game. The darts and the snooker are on the BBC and are enjoyed by many people. It's probably because we like to see our sports people enjoy a pint and a cigarette as they play. (laughs) Watch BDO matches from the 80s and 90s. They are available on the internet.
0: I've seen.
1: By the way, it's me. I'm the one who likes the podcast and the darts. (laughs) I was a maths nerd growing up, and it's an excellent way to learn your times tables and subtraction. Can't play for shit, though. Also, I can't the jelly cakes are mostly great on GBBO. Patisserie week will be fascinating. Stay safe, everyone, and have a good Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, we didn't say that, but yes. the Well, I think you did, Dora. You mentioned that last week, that the de- jelly cakes were
1: yes, pretty well done. They were very impressive.
0: Um, And patisserie week, oh, my God. Some standards are all over the place. I'll say that. Let me say, if I I could not have picked this this three
1: no me neither in the beginning no no i definitely no. would not
0: one of them yes
1: yes but the other yes two, same no. no definitely not all right this last email is from laura she wanted to let us know about lug guitars
0: oh it's for children
1: you can tune it and actually play it comes with a deck illustrating chords our two-year-old got one as a birthday gift this weekend and it is pretty cool immediately thought of matt and the kitty iPhone that was out of tune. They do not have lefties. They say you have to flip the strings.
0: Ugh, well, what do you do about the nut? I know. Do you flip the nut, too, and the bridge? I mean, I got to do a whole setup on this thing? So fretting out, the action doesn't seem very good. I mean, I suppose it is a child's guitar.
1: (laughs) It's only three strings. I think the littlest one are are three strings. I mean,
0: I'd have to get the the Pro 6. Oh, no, that's for children over X amount of age. So three and up, you can get this little guy. Which is a three-stringer three for $79. You know, it's funny, is Brian Calhoun over at Rockbridge Guitars. He is building Henry an elephant guitar. A little tiny child guitar.
1: That's true.
0: Um, it's taking so long because he's been building my guitar for about a year. These mm. things uh, take time. Mm. All right, I gotta say, what a what a what a what a back end of the pod.
1: I mean, <laughs> I thought you might enjoy that. I
0: did. If you would like more pods like this, you can do like listen to our Patreon episodes. They're all up there. If you want to join the uh, Patreon and support the show, you can get up to two bonus episodes every month at patreon.com forward slash Excellent Adventure. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters. If you support us at the five dollar level or above, you get your name right on the podcast as a thank you each month uh so head on over check it out get a ton more episodes and like uh, a ton get thanked by us so big old thank you paul sharp paula penny from massachusetts robert olson robin Kilgo,
1: sabrina stern
0: sadie massa sarah Dowerman, sarah prager sarah friedman sarah swift
1: sherry olson sjv tanya how did she say her name is pronounced
0: kirchenman kirchenman
1: she sent it to us and now i forget
0: oh my god
1: Sorry, Tanya, Tanya Kay.
0: <laughs> oh, the Holterman clan, the Kembles, Tracy Jury, Wolf Fox, Amanda Shram,
1: Anonymous,
0: Anonymous, Anonymous in Brooklyn, Ainsley, Bradley Johnson,
1: Brian Gusky, Cheryl Quick, Christina, Claire Dealy. Claire Pau- Ploucha, uh,
0: Crescent Martin,
1: Danielle Nusiforo,
0: Diana McLean, Eliza, Elizabeth Konami. Freya, and Gita Drury. Thank you all. Thank you so much. Uh what a wonderful week it's been. Uh everyone. Yes. We'll see you next week. All right. Disengage. That's what we say on the other podcast. Bye.
2: Bye.